You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, as a, you can't say the stuff like you said like that and, and think that it's just cool to kind of kind of throw that out there. So I'm gonna have my man EJ joining me. And then I have I have one of my favorite. Um, I want to call him, you know, the, the church guy in me, a friend of the show. <laughs> I have one of the guys um, that he, he's pretty much he's been he's been around since day one. So I got one of the guys that's, that's going to come in and kick it with us. My man Richard Rush is going to join us in a little bit as well. We're going to be talking about basically um, the top quarterbacks of the league right now, how you see them, where you would rank them. Um, that's kind of where the conversation started with EJ. Also, obviously, we're going to talk about um, the conversation continuing from last week on the Hump Day Hotline with Joe when we were talking about, you know, who's going to make this defensive line? Because when you really look at it top to bottom, the Buffalo Bills have a very, very deep roster. We, we are very, we're set. Um, and there's going to be guys that, A, will make, they will make a roster elsewhere. Absolutely no problem. B, they would start elsewhere. And, you know, you got guys that, that Bills fans are going to end up, you know, it's going to break our hearts to let go of. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk to Joe about it. Going to see, you know, we're going to see what he thinks. So before I bring anybody in, though, I do want to take a quick moment. I, I You know, listen, man, <laughs> it's a bittersweet moment. It's a bittersweet day for me. Um, I want to start off and I want to talk about Julio Jones. I know um, there's a portion of Bill's Mafia who was with me that, um, well, you know what? I feel like I'm kind of, I was in the middle. I'm kind of indifferent. I, I wanted Julio, but it didn't hurt my feelings if we didn't get Julio. It was kind of like whatever Brandon Bean decided to do, that's where I was good with. Um, but there's a odd, a real odd portion. <laughs> um, I don't want to call people odd, but I'm saying like it's an odd sector of the fan base that feels like, now, because he's with the Titans, instead of possibly coming to us, that now Julio isn't still Julio Jones. Like, this dude isn't probably um, the most dominant wide receiver that we've seen, you know, in this generation of football. If you want to take it a couple years back and, and talk about Megatron, 
cool. I'm with you there. I think Megatron would would have him beat. But after after Megatron, um, there's there's nobody that I'm going to say is better than Julio Jones since Megatron. So this narrative that that and it's not just Buffalo either. It's, it's, It's fans around the league. The narrative that Julio Jones is not as effective as he's always been or the narrative that um, you know, he's just this injury prone player that now because he's with the Tennessee Titans, he is, you know, it's like, oh, it's not going to matter because he's injury prone anyway. Listen, if you want to pull up every single time that Julio Jones has shown up on the injury report, do me a favor and pull up the corresponding game to that Sunday and show me what his stats are because showing up on the injury report means nothing to me. I always, I always bring this um, example up when I have this Julio debate. Tom Brady in New England literally was on the injury report every single week for a bad shoulder, every single week for like three years in a row. But guess what? He played every year. He actually won MVP one of those years. Go look it up. Google is your friend. The thing that I'm saying is, though, for for people to say that Julio ain't. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it, y'all. I don't get it. That dude Julio has done things. He's literally the best Atlanta Falcon in history. And some people would debate that. Some people won't agree with that. That's fine. It's, it's okay. Like there's certain people that I could, I could see being in the conversation to be the greatest, but that conversation will always have Julio Jones in it. You'll never have a conversation about the best player in Atlanta Falcons history without mentioning Julio Jones. So I'm not going to go too deep into like the, the Julio Jones love and the Julio Jones, um, you know, cause he's going to Tennessee. Uh, now the other conversation, the other part of that is, do I think that Julio Jones moved the needle enough in Tennessee to really think that they're a contender? Are they are now, am I looking at Tennessee saying these guys are Super Bowl contenders? I don't know. We'll talk about that later on. Um, I know in the chat earlier, Joe and I were talking and Joe's like, well, I think they're going to regress. I think, yeah, the offense has gotten better, but the defense isn't quite as quite there. You know, Bruce was in part of that conversation and Bruce kind of said, hey, they were due for it. They didn't draft the best and they didn't do this and they didn't do that. All of these things are valid points and all of these things are true. And I think EJ has a has a good um, perspective on those things as well. And we talked about those. So I'm going to get Richard's opinion on that. Going to get EJ and my man Joe's opinion on it. So uh, without waiting too long, um, I know Joe was actually he was. Joe's all over the place right now. The, the guy's on fire. So right now, Joe is actually doing a show with um, with my man, Joe Marino, and then he's going to come and join us. So instead of waiting on, on Joe to get in, we're actually going to bring my guy EJ in from Cold Front Report, and we're going to get this conversation started. We're going to we're going to start off with the Julio thing, and then we're going to we're going to transition into all the other stuff that we're going to beat him up about. Uh, but my man, EJ, what's going on with you, man? I'm glad you could uh, last minute join me like this. Spence, what's good? I appreciate you uh, having me on, man. Oh man, anytime. You already know. I mean, we 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 talk every day now, especially since we started this league. Um, oh yeah. And you know, so we're gonna get into that conversation. But but just know, anytime. You know, it, it, we we family. So anytime you want to come on, or anytime you know you need me to come on, just hit me up. Appreciate you, man. Really do. So, but I'm gonna get started over here because I was just talking about Julio. I'm sure you you kind of heard some of the things that I was mm-hmm. saying. Um, one of the things that that blows my mind right now about this whole Julio Jones conversation. Now, Grant, okay, he's in Tennessee. Good for them. Good for him. Um, I, I think that it's a good move for the team, and it's a good move for him. The difference in the conversations that's going around is, is not do I think it's a good move. It's do I think he's uh, good enough to 
move the needle enough to make you say Tennessee is a Super Bowl contender. What do you think? Do you think Tennessee is is in that conversation now with the top four teams, or uh, do you think they they still have some things they need to improve in? See, here's the thing. <clears throat> I agree with you. It is a great move for Tennessee, but the issue is their defense. Now, this is the thing about defense in its totality, and we can go right back to the Bills. You can have an average defense if your offense is top five, six, seven, or eight. And so now you're saying to me that you're going to have to put more on uh, Tannehill's shoulders, and he's going to have to play close to what Josh played last year to mitigate some of the, the, the regression we'll see from that defense. Like, it hasn't been good in a while. They've been searching for a pass rusher for God knows how long. They drafted uh, Caleb Farley, who has back issues. They drafted Christian Fulton a year before. Um, they signed – Another cornerback, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they signed another cornerback. So they are trying to to get it together, but I don't think the defense is going to be there enough for them to be a Super Bowl contender. You know, they lost to the uh, Ravens last year mm-hmm. on the last second, but, I mean, I, I don't – the move that they made for, who it, for Julio, I don't think that puts them ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. Their offense will probably be more explosive, as you would um, expect. But then another thing you got to factor in is that Julio Jones is coming off some nagging injuries, specifically a hamstring. And I don't know how many of you guys out there are, are athletes, but you know when you get a hamstring, it is tough for that thing to go away, especially when you're a bigger guy and you run a 4-3 and you have to run full speed every play. So that this is all contingent on Julio actually being healthy. I like swapping Corey Davis out for Julio Jones. That most certainly is an upgrade. But then again, what are we? What Julio Jones are we getting? Are we getting the healthy Julio Jones, or are we getting the Julio Jones that got to get himself in shape? Shannon Sharp said today that he spoke to Julio actually about this, and Julio said out of his own mouth that he is healthy for the like first time in a couple years. So if Julio's healthy and Tannehill can keep that consistent play up, I think they'll be there. But I just can't put them over the Ravens, and I can't put them in Super Bowl contention right now oh see now now that's interesting because um now obviously the ravens made it further they beat them last year so obviously Mm. in just looking at results you would say well no the ravens are above them i put tennessee above them um i I don't think like even last year i really thought tennessee was the better overall team Mm -hmm. and i athlete straight football player on the football field like i'm looking at lamar jackson i think he's a better player but if i'm talking about quarterback I think in the playoffs, better quarterbacks win games. So I thought Ryan Tannehill as a thrower of the football, as a guy who I just feel like he's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So I I honestly did. I thought that they were going to beat them. The way the game went, obviously, they ended up um, losing to the Ravens. Ravens come to Buffalo. You know, you know, the story was written. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's interesting that you that you can't put them above the Ravens. What do you think sets the Ravens apart? See, this is and it goes back to my original point. The Ravens have probably one of the best coverage units in the NFL. And mm-hmm. that honestly that was the do. difference. So mm-hmm. you got t- so what they did in that game is they said, listen, we can stop Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is not gonna beat us this game. We are gonna sell out and we're gonna make sure Derrick Henry does not beat us. So that's what they did that first. Now you got Marcus Peters, Humphrey, who can play slot and outside, and then you got um Jimmy Smith, who are all fantastic man cover corners. And so now Tannehill is forced to consistently make throw after throw. Not to say he couldn't do that. It's in that specific game he did not do it well enough to need him to that well enough to win that game. On top of 
on top of them not having their running game to supplement some of that too. So there is an element they were able to take away because you remember they added, added Calais Campbell for a, a situation such as that. And so when you're able to do that, I mean, the Titans are going to have to – they're going to have to get some stops too, and they're not able to get stops because, first of all, if they could come up against Lamar – you see how many times Lamar was running for 20-something-yard games every single time he's dropping back, and he's literally changing down in distance, and not just changing it, but altering, you know, flipping field position every time he runs. So it's going to be tough for them to beat him. They have not done anything in this offseason that's going to say, hey, they can beat the Ravens the next time they go around. Now, see uh- – Okay, so your points are valid. And, you know, normally I'm like, no, man, you are you outlandish with this. No, your points are valid here. Um, But the the reason why I'm going to disagree with you, not because I think it's crazy. I just see it a little bit opposite. So I see it the opposite way. I I think that, um, like I said, I think Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback. So when I look at that and you add the weapon of Julio Jones, aside from AJ, and then you have that running game that you have, you just mentioned how the Ravens basically sold out and said, look, we're stopping Henry. He's not going to beat us. They can't do that now. You absolutely cannot do that. You know, if you if you sell out to stop the run, they still have the ability to stop AJ. <laughs> like, okay, we're gonna stop the run and then we can check him and we can kind of have some guys trying. We don't trust Tannehill to do it. Yeah. Now there's no way possible. There's no way possible you can put eight guys in the box if you got Julio on one side, AJ on the other. And let's not forget that they still have it's not like those are the only two weapons that they have. They had a pretty decent roster. So yeah. I don't know. I just see it as as overall, it comes down to quarterback play. And I'm going to get beat up by my cousin. I'm going to get beat up by all my, my Ravens friends because I have friends, legitimate friends who are Ravens fans. But I just I really do feel like we've seen Lamar Jackson ceiling as a passer. You are absolutely correct in that. And they can get upset at you as they want. Let uh, Go back to the Bills game just to touch on Lamar Jackson real quick. Just mm-hmm. go back to the Bills game. The Bills played a defense that they hadn't played all year. They play the most nickel in the league. 90% of the time, the Bills play nickel. That's number one in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That game specifically, they played base more than half the time, meaning that they had another linebacker instead of another cornerback. And so they said, listen, we are going to stop Lamar Jackson. He is not going to get these big plays, and this is what they did. To your point, Spence, you are going to make throw after throw to beat us. And you saw what happened when Lamar was forced to make throw after throw. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. No one's saying Lamar can't throw. We're right. saying that he cannot make throw after throw after throw without yeah. taking off and running. He he can't stay in the pocket and, and beat us from the pocket. He's a good passer. He showed that his, his rookie year. He can pass the, and you know pass what? the football. Well, not to cut you off, because like, but that's the thing. Like, I want people to understand. Like, we're not saying anything negative about Lamar. Like, he's the MVP. And, and this is why this is why I get ticked off, because my thing is this. Now it's like, well, get Lamar a true number one wide receiver and see what he does. Did he have a true number one wide receiver when he won MVP? Like no. everybody was like enamored with this kid. Like and, and I was, too. You know, I wanted the Bills to draft him. I was upset that the year that we took Josh, I didn't want Josh. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I wanted the Heisman Trophy winner who was the new shiny faster, younger version of Tyrod who had a stronger arm and who wasn't scared to take. That's what I wanted. So that year he won MVP. He didn't have to worry about none of that. Now all of a sudden it's like he needs a true number one wide receiver or he can win. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Um, So before, before I um, throw that back in at you to to answer, I actually want to take a quick pause. We have both my other guests in. So I want to take a chance real quick. I'm going to bring in my co-host of the hump day hotline. And he is the host 
of the Overreaction Podcast, also on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast and YouTube networks. That's a lot to say at one time. <laughs> but it's my main man, my bestie in crime, the homie Joe Miller. What's going on with you, Joe? What's up? What's happening? You uh you you busy, man. You got a lot going on. Oh, aren't we all busy? I think all of us are busy. There's like there's not enough content to go around and Bill's Mafia is consuming it like crazy, right? Right. It's a good thing for us. Absolutely. <laughs> Joe, what's up, man? Not much, EJ. How are you, bro? Good, man. It's finally good to first see you, like see you for real, for real. We've talked on Twitter a bunch of times. Is this the first time we've been on the show together? This can't yes, be the first is. time. No. This is the very first time. Yes, it is. Man, Joe's, Joe's busy. Time. He's hard to book. He's really hard to book. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, we also got somebody else in here who I who I love. He's one of my favorite guys who has become a regular with the Hump Bay Hotline. He's become a regular now with the Code of Conduct, and I'm sure he's in the overreaction comments as well. Oh, yeah. We got my man. The, one of the best contributors to anything that I do. My man, Richard Rush, what is going on, man? What's going on? Straight out hey. of Zanesville. Straight out of Zanesville, Ohio, <laughs> east of Columbus. <laughs> close. Yeah, very close. I'm only about 10 minutes away from Zanesville. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, we were just, so EJ and I were just talking about, um, obviously the Julio Jones trade. And we were talking about the effect that Julio Jones has on that team and where they stand in the playoffs. And I mentioned that Joe kind of thinks that they're going to regress. And I, I, I said that Joe had valid reasons as to why he felt that they were going to regress. So Joe, uh, why don't you take this moment real quick and kind of just tell us why you think even with the Julio Jones trade, you're still not necessarily afraid of the Tennessee Titans. There's just a great deal of uh, doubt and concern on that defense, in my opinion. Yes, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. I, I'm not, you and I talked about it, whether it was last week or the week before, or both. Like, literally, Julio Jones can be in the argument and conversation of being the best wide receiver in the NFL. There's nobody that's going to be like, eh, I don't know. No, Julio Jones is right there. Right yeah, there. Yeah. So even with adding him, I mean, them losing Corey Davis, I just don't know that Julio is going to bring that much more to the table that losing Corey Davis and Janu Smith is going to make up for. Not to mention the fact that this is just me. I'm not a Ryan Tannehill believer. Like, to me, I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill. So King Henry is the man, but between Tannehill and that defense, I'm just not there, if that makes sense. Why no, I mean, it makes perfect Tannehill? sense. Why well, am I not hold on, real quick. Well, hold on, hold on, real quick. Um, it, it makes perfect sense that that you're not sold or that you you don't view it that way. But Titans fans will say, "Hey, last couple of years, I mean, he's looked completely different since he's not yeah, being coached by Adam Gase, and he has better numbers, and he has this." My argument to that is what I said to you in the chat, and I think that's kind of where EJ was about to go. Um, I feel that obviously, yeah, you got Derrick Henry behind you. It's, it's going to be tough to mm -hmm. uh, to not have better numbers, but. We were just talking to EJ was EJ and I were talking about the comparison between now Tannehill and Lamar Jackson, because we were talking about how Lamar Jackson, um, you know, he, he EJ didn't put the Ravens or he didn't put the Titans, even with this move over the Ravens. Now, last year, the Titans lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. We know the story was written, but yep, yep. I thought they I thought the Titans were going to beat them because I think they have a better quarterback. How do you how do you see that? And then after after that, then we'll um, let EJ throw that, that well, challenge. They're, out they're different quarterbacks. Better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ryan, it, there's always all those fun things on Twitter that we get to see and, and, and everybody that, get, that gets dropped and we all get to debate. You know, if 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 you got to get down the field in 30 seconds, which quarterback do you want? There ain't anybody in this panel picking Ryan Tannehill. 
right? I would probably take, if I had a minute and a half to play and I'm down by four, I'm probably taking Lamar Jackson before I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. Uh, for me, in that football game, I would tell you I was probably surprised as well that the Titans did not beat uh, the Ravens. But at the, end, at the end of the day, I watched that football game. It was exactly what it said. It was the Titans' defense that let up. They just did not have an answer for that Ravens football team. Yeah. EJ, what, what was the uh, the question you were going to go throw out there at, Joe? Oh, uh, I was going to say, why is he not sold, sold. on Tannehill? Because uh, just just to throw this out here, and, I, and I've been saying this all day. For Matter of fact, I've been saying this for the past two days. Josh has been – I mean, uh, Tannehill has been just as consistent as Josh has. I mean – Look at look at the last time. Look at when Tannehill got under center, and look at the success that Titans had. Now I've said this all the time: the Titans have had Derrick Henry for a while since Mariota was there. Derrick Henry's been like dominant since Mariota's been under center. He's been really good for a long time. If you really sit and think about it, mm-hmm. right? So they only changed pretty much one. Or they got AJ Brown, but they changed pretty much one thing. It was a quarterback. So my 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 question to you is. Sure. How can you ignore <laughs> the fact that with that big drastic change that the team didn't get better after he was put in and how are you not sold? When he, he was inserted in there, they went to the AFC Championship game. That is not by accident. You know, I mean, Tannehill is able to take advantage of those play-action deep shots that Mariota was not able to do. And when you're able to get 20-plus yard plays down the field, that definitely alters your offense, you know, greatly. So you can have a dominant running game, and that's cool, but mm-hmm. it's the 20-plus yard plays that he added that put them over the top. So I don't understand how you aren't sold when he's did this for like upwards of like two to three years now. Well, it's been two. It hasn't been three. It's been two. Okay. Uh, it's actually been one and a half, so it actually hasn't even been a full two, not to mention the fact that you're talking – to say that Ryan Tannehill came in and took over for Marcus Mariota proves that Tannehill is good. It's more about the fact that Mariota is that bad. Marcus Mariota is not a good quarterback at all in the NFL. Like I'll agree with that. Absolutely. At all. So putting, putting in a guy that's serviceable, a game manager, not to mention the fact that we've seen this bills fans have seen this scenario play out on our football team many times. So as much as I loved the Kyle Orton era, I'm not necessarily going to believe and like get convinced or have bills. <laughs> Mafia convinced that Kyle Orton was great because he took over over for EJ and took the bills to a nine and seven record. That doesn't mean that Kyle Orton was a good football player. It just means that he was a whole lot better than EJ was at the time, right? Joe always has to find a way to sneak in something about Kyle. He just loves Kyle Orton. Man. He loves him. Hey, so, Rich, uh, we got you on here, man. So, so why don't you tell me? Like, same thing. How do you how do you view T- Tannehill in this conversation, man? Because um, some people in the league right now really do look at this move, bringing Julio Jones there as a power shifting move. And if you got a quarterback that can put that thing out there and if your offense can go from a run first to a high power pass with a heavy run, some people think they might be unstoppable on offense. How do you view it? I don't think it's so much about, well, it has a lot to do with Tannehill, but it has more to do with, what they are lacking on defense, what they've lost on defense from last year, and their uncertainty at their corners. They got worse at up front, losing a couple players. Um, Tannehill, I mean, everybody's going to be better with Julio Jones just because he's that good. Fair. But Fair. Tannehill, I see Tannehill more as – 
like you do a game manager than a high off offense powerhouse. He's just a facilitator. He's not a game changer. So in a grand scheme of things, if you're going to look at, so obviously there are 32 starting positions for the, for, or 32 starting jobs for the position of quarterback in the NFL. Um, where, about where would you put Tannehill? Is he like middle of the pack for you? Is he top 10? Is he like, you know, where, where are you throwing Tannehill? I would have Tannehill about middle of the pack. He might be somewhere between 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I think that's fair. And it sounds like EJ and um, Joe, it sounds like both of he, them agree he, with you there. He's a top 15 quarterback, and you can go to the Super Bowl with a top 15 quarterback. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They went. Uh, the, the Niners went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, who's a top 15 quarterback that year. Trent Dilfer you know has I mean? a Super Bowl ring. Brad Johnson has a Super yeah. Bowl ring. Doug Williams has a Super Bowl Mark Rippon yeah, has here's a Super the Bowl thing. ring. Yeah. <laughs> and Great defenses. Bruce and I, I was just going to say, Bruce and I are going to debate this in the future. We're, we got a right. show coming up <laughs> about this this exact topic. Right. Um, because I, I'm one to, to believe that um, you can win a Super Bowl with a, a average to less than average quarterback if you have a dominant defense. You can have a very, very, very – no, you can. We've seen it. You're, you just made that face. I'm not saying you can consistently do it and you should build your franchise that way. But what I'm saying is I've seen great quarterbacks consistently be great every year and not have defenses and not have what it takes in the playoffs. But I've seen Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Like we've seen this story play out multiple times. Now you see a quarterback that's also accompanied by a very good defense. They tend to do well. Tom Brady always had a good defense in New England. It was very rare that he didn't have a defense to accompany him. It, it consistently good defense, good quarterback. It kind of makes sense, but I don't want to get into the, me and Bruce's topic. So let's, <laughs> let's transition because no, because we got a whole show, literally like a whole We Joe would tell you, me and Bruce, like we debated that thing for like a whole day. We were in a chat and I'm like, no, what is it? So I was, let's transition. Like, I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to respond. To yeah. He's like, I, I want no parts of this. <laughs> <No. laughs> so, but, but let's do this now. Cause, cause in the chat earlier. So in the fantasy chat that um, EJ and I are in, EJ basically made a comment that Tannehill, that we were talking about Tannehill, and he's like, man, he's just as consistent, if not more consistent than Josh, blah, 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 blah. We got talking. Then he was like, Josh ain't even top five. He's six in the league. And I said, what the f- Say it. I said, what are you you talking about? So it got wild in the chat, and I said, you know what? Forget that. I said, I'm going to get you live on air. Let's get on this. So he decided to jump in. So before we get to yelling at EJ – I'm going to go around. <laughs> I'm going to go around in a circle and ask everybody. We'll start with EJ because he actually, um, you know, he said Josh was six. So we're going to ask his top five. Then we're going to ask Joe and then Rich, and then we'll we'll get into the debate of it. So so EJ hit him. So my top five starts with. Okay, this is controversial. All right, and I know I know you guys are going to hate this. I personally do not think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. That's just me personally, due to the fact that his situation is just. It's it's uh it's mess up proof. You can't mess up the situation that he has. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league. I personally Show's did you see Joe leave on you? Did you see Joe leave on you? Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> me personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. But you asked me my top I'm five, so I'm not gonna. No, I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. So it's it's Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes is in there. It's Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Watson, and Russ. Those are my top five quarterbacks. 
And I will tell you why Josh is not in the top five. The reason Josh is not in the top five, because number one, if you're telling me that Josh can be in the top five after one high-end year of production, then if that's the case, let's put Justin Herbert in the top five then. If you only need one year to put, if you only need one year of good production, I think all production five. is not created equal. And I'm sorry to cut you off because this no. is your moment no, to ahead. tell me no, your top go five. Ahead. No, go, Ryan, no. I, I just, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill agrees with that statement. Right. Like, so, I mean, it's just like, I don't think, so when you're talking about a statistical year, um, if we're talking about just being a good quarterback and like you can throw numbers up, hell, let's throw Baker in there. And we know how I feel about bum ass Baker. Like, let's throw Baker in there. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a top quarterback. I don't like Baker. You, there are years that Ryan Fitzpatrick puts numbers up. Nobody ever says Ryan Fitzpatrick is a top 10 quarterback. But there, there are years that when you look at the beginning parts of the season, he is right. He's, his statistics look just like Patrick Mahomes. It look just he's throwing 300 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't want to just look at the stats and say that there's a clear eye test that, that Josh Allen passes when you watch him play football. OK, so if we're strictly going off eye test, here's the one. Here's the one that Bill's Mafia always gives me. Oh, well, he's leaps and bounds better than Brady. So there's two different there's two there's two different who questions that, that there is many Bills Mafia who think Brady should not no. be in the top five. We that, don't claim that, them. That, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, just about to say because yeah. this, this we don't claim them. This is a Twitter troll panel. This is Okay. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it because I would like to talk to some real football fans because I mean I can list Brady's stats and I can list a, a, a thousand reasons as to why he should be over the top five than Josh. But this is the reason why I won't put Josh, just my singular reason why I don't put Josh in the top five. Josh has the most talent at quarterback in the league currently. I think that's unquestioned. Where he lacks, we know he can make every throw, whatever uh, physical physical tools you want to talk, throw out there, he has it. Where he lacks is that mental capability, specifically with down and distance and situation. He does he does not excel at it. He's got better at it, but he does not excel at it. And there was a play in the playoffs against the Colts where he did that. And it almost cost them against the Colts because the Colts had the opportunity to come back and score a touchdown. They had got a sack or something at the end of that, at the end of one of those drives, and he got them out of field goal range. When you're playing the better teams, that is something that you cannot do. Mahomes does the same thing where he tries to stiff arm five people and he go way, way back. You remember that play against Miami that Mahomes made? Rush made, I mean, Josh made a similar play that Mahomes did. And when you're playing the Colts, when you're playing the Bucks, when you're playing the Chiefs, that stuff cannot persist, and he does stuff like that consistently. He gets out of it because when it's second and 13 or third and 15, he has legs where he can make a lot of off-platform and off-schedule throws, and that's what you guys love about Josh Allen. But when he's playing the better teams, that stuff won't fly, and that is the aspect of his game that he has, had, he has not honed yet. Can he, can he be patient? Can he play that dink and dunk game like Brady can? When they're playing cover three all game, cover four off, four, cover four all game, and you can't just push it down the field, and you just got to pick first down after first down after first down, get the running game going. Can he, he be patient he like did that? that? He did that in 2020. I, I, that, I, Joe, I was getting there. You okay. got to let me get there. Okay. I was going to say he showed that he can do that, <laughs> but the mental part of his game in terms of situationally and down and distance specifically is where he lacks. And if I have to take Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Russ, and Deshaun in those tight moment situations, I, I, I feel great. But if I have to get Josh in those tight moment situations where he has to make these smarter decisions, I'm not, I'm not as confident with those other five guys. And that is the degree of separation that puts those guys over him. 
I don't, you you, you want to go, Joe? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, EJ. That was great. There was a lot to unpack there. But I absolutely as much as I agree with you about Rodgers and I agree with you about Mahomes and I agree with you about Brady and their situational awareness, Russ has a huge tendency to not succeed in those moments either. You, you are absolutely right, Joe. But and Russ I, I made your top five. But Russ made your he, top five. He did make my he, five. You know why? Because Russ been the best deep ball thrower since he's been in the league. That's since great. He's been starting. Excuse me. That's, that's great. That's awesome. That's it's about great. twenty plus yard so, plays, and there's nobody better than Russ. But I don't. Well, it depends. He, it's he's probably there's nobody better than Russ at a plus a thirty five plus yard throw. Josh Allen is probably the best twenty plus, right? So that intermediate deep to intermediate pass twenty to forty yards. Josh is lights out. Russ is better with the rainbows. Everybody's going to agree with that. Russ throws a beautiful rainbow. I don't think it's fair to say that he's situationally unaware. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot that it was third and seven. And like we're down by four and then takes a giant sack. I don't I don't think that that's fair to say about Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes. I think it's more about trying to do too much. And if you listen to any of his press conferences so far this offseason, he's talked widely about the things that he has to fix and the, the, the plays that he's watched back that makes him cringe because he could have done better. It's hard to judge a kid and say that he's not a top five quarterback because of one play during a Colts game that Spence and I were at, by the way, which he actually won that football game for that football team. Josh was very much the reason that the Buffalo Bills won that football game. So if you're going to say, well, there was that one play where he took a bad sack, got him on a field goal range, and he could have lost. Wait, it's not It's not just that one play. That's the thing. It's not just one play. There is a consistency. You referenced the Colts game. I referenced it as a play that you can watch <laughs> of, of what the example of what I'm talking about. Sure. No, it's but, there. But, yeah, but I don't, but I don't we, think it's situational un- unawareness. I don't think he's unaware of the situation. Like, no, I wouldn't I, say I, he's unaware of the situation, but he doesn't excel as, as much as these top five quarterbacks, Russ aside, that I would like to see fair. out of a top five that's quarterback. That's fair. That's I, I, would say, I would say that's fair. If, if, if I've got a top five and Josh Allen's in it over any of those guys, it's probably be, probably due to potential. And, oh, by the way, Justin Herbert is in my top ten. To your point about stats, oh, yeah. if stats yeah, are top important. Ladies, yeah. We're top yeah, 10, but we're, we're going five. I know, five, I know, right, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Justin Herbert, to your point about if stats make a good quarterback, Justin Herbert showed more than just stats. He passed the eye test. That kid is yeah. going to be a great football yeah. player. And, oh, by the way, so is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is also going to be a stud in the NFL for a very long time. Didn't I say Joe Burrow in the, in the chat? You did. Fits? Did I not say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah my bad. Yeah. 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 I wasn't in the chat. No, he did. So and and I mean if we're if we're going if we're going top ten, I mean like a lot of the, a lot of this conversation changes because you know, uh earlier, like I'm like, no, what do you mean? It's not this, it's not that. If we're going ten, then obviously I can fit certain people in this conversation and I'm not gonna have a I'm not For gonna sure. have an issue with it. Um let's let's uh well Joe, did you give your your five? No, I I like EJ's list. I can give you mine. My number one is Pat Mahomes. And as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, they're very different style of players, in my opinion. Yes, they can do similar things, but they're not exact. It's funny because when you consider Pat Mahomes and you consider Aaron Rodgers, you give Allen a couple more years, he kind of stylistically talent-wise is maybe between them. Not ranked-wise, but like what he does, he's got a splash of Mahomes and he's got a splash of Rodgers, which is kind of cool. But Mahomes was, for me, number one basically because of what he's been doing in the NFL, even with him, in my opinion, having some difficulties in 2020, to which a lot of the pundits were like, well, he wasn't playing good because he didn't have to play good. And I don't ascribe to that at all. Like, he had some stinkers against the Dolphins and the Raiders and some other games. Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes, to me, right now is the standard in the NFL. All the talent in the world, and probably due to his age. Aaron Rodgers, number two for me. I have Josh Allen at number three. 
when I look at what Josh Allen does and what he's capable of in 2021, there's a lot of potential that I'm going to put on Josh Allen. Tom Brady, four, to your point, EJ. I could flip those two. I'm not telling you that Josh Allen is like light years ahead of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is still the GOAT, and he still has Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, and he's got uh, Antonio Brown down there playing football with him. He's still got a team around him. Five for me, this is probably going to be the surprise. Sheer volume, Dak Prescott. And that's literally stat monster. Sheer volume. Sheer volume. Yep. That's my five. Yeah, I can't be mad at actually. So in the chat that um, that EJ and I are um, referencing, there's there's a, a guy who actually mentioned Dak. He brought Dak up, and I, I said that um, just like I just said a couple seconds ago. To me, not top five, top seven, absolutely. Like I feel like he's right on that cusp. Yeah. Um, I just can't quite put him over. For instance, like you obviously you didn't put him over like Rush. You didn't put him over. So there's certain guys you didn't put him over. I did. I'm I just over not, six for me. Russ is six for me. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You put them over, like, and I'm yeah. saying for me, there's certain guys like Russ. I, I still, and maybe it's just like I'm holding on to something that I think Russ is, and because because both of you are absolutely 100 percent correct. There's a bunch of big moments that Russ just. It seems like he's not the guy that we watch every Sunday or right. every Monday night, and like it's just a completely different thing now when he gets to the playoffs. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know. He has talent around him now. We, I'm not going to give him the excuse that we, you know, he has talent. He's 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 he got he got to put it together. Where where you at, Rich? What you think? Top five. My top five. I have Mahomes number one. I have Rogers number two. And I have Josh Allen number three. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have Deshaun Watson number four. Mm-hmm. Even though, right, all off the field stuff aside for sure still still what he's done down there and i have brady number five um i'm not saying brady isn't just because you don't have him number one two or three doesn't mean he's not the greatest of all time and it still hurts to say that um that does hurt to say. <laughs> it, <laughs> it does a lot. I mean, Dak Prescott's in my top 10. I would, in my top 10, I think I have him eighth because number six would be uh, Jackson and number seven would, uh, trying to remember who my, or was Russell Wilson, which you could probably put Russell Wilson at number six and flip-flop six and seven, but that's pretty much where I stand. Yeah, and that's that's a um, it's a super respectable list. Um, so my list is actually very similar to yours, except y'all are going to yell at me because everybody put put Brady in that list, and I didn't. And it's not because going to what Richard said, it's not it's not that I don't think he's not the GOAT. I think he's the GOAT. But right now, I think the age that he is and I know he's been performing, so I can't act like he just like last year, he didn't win the Super Bowl and he didn't. I just feel like now there are certain limitations. And because he's so smart, because he's such a great, you know, like he he's just an amazingly gifted quarterback in every right now. It's mental, though. Like right now, he's at that Kobe Bryant level to where like he's an assassin mentally and which is a good thing to see. 
but when I'm when and that's part of the game. So I understand where you're probably going to come back, EJ. And you're like, well, that's part. <laughs> I understand that, and you you because that was part of the reason why you didn't put oh, Josh up. Oh yeah, there. I'm ready. So I'm ready to it. ask my question, but I'm yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But um, but it's just it's certain throws. Like I, when I'm talking about when I'm ranking my quarterbacks right now, I'm I'm actually throwing talking about ability. Like, can you can you make that throw? Can you can there's not many guys in the league that can do the things that Josh can do. There's not many thing, many guys in the league that can do what Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is my number one. I think everybody knows that without, without having to guess it. Then I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I am going to go earlier in the chat. I, I said, Josh at three, I am going to go Deshaun Watson at three. Um, oh, me and you stronger. personally, oh, yeah, me so and you go back. We go back about Deshaun and Josh often. The thing, yeah. the thing about Deshaun that um, same thing, like Rush said, pending his off-field issues. Um, when you watch Deshaun Watson play, um, there's a certain, even as a young player, he had a certain calmness about him that um, it just, it's a, it's a real special thing to watch, man. It's, it's, he's, he's cold-blooded, and, and it's something that you just don't see often in young players. Like, a lot of times it takes guys to develop. Like, now we're hoping that this is the year that Josh, he puts it all together in between here. Like, that's, that's what we're hoping for this year. Deshaun, it just seems like he had that the year he came into the league. Like, you know, he's he's getting kicked in the eye and still like finding ways to throw touchdowns or first downs in that play. Not that Josh doesn't, but then I'm going Josh at four for the same reasons. But I think Josh, if he takes that step this year, he'll 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 pass him up. And then I'm still going Russ. Like I said, I think that Russ just he does things that um, I don't know. I just think he's amazing, man. But but when people say Brady, I can't be mad at it because he is the goat. He is. I just personally don't put him there because of the limitations with certain throws and, and, but the guy is amazing. The guy's amazing. So, so that's, that's exactly where I want to want to go with that. So you're saying Brady has limitations, right? But Brady had the most 20 plus yard throws this year though. And wait, I mean, wait, so what, what limitations wait, does he have? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I know you watch football just like I do. Mm-hmm. I know you do 20 yard plays doesn't always 20 mean 20 yard throws. <laughs> So, because uh, because I had to argue with some Cleveland fans too. They're like Baker Mayfield has the longest recorded pass in the history of the NFL. Yeah, but he didn't throw it the longest recorded distance in the NFL. Like it's it, like just because he has multiple twenty, and I'm not saying Tom Brady can't throw it twenty yards. He can. Right. Tom Brady does not have that zip that that we're talking about with the four guys, the five guys I just mentioned. He just doesn't. So you're not putting him in the top five because he don't have zip on a ball like he used to. Is what you're saying. Right. Because he can, if, we, he if we were having this conversation five years ago, you would not hear me say this about Tom. Tom would be there. I don't think okay. right now he has the arm talent to be in this conversation. I think if we're talking about GOAT, we're talking about greatest of all time for several different reasons and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that dumb, man. Come on. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm just my I'm just a little confused. I don't want to be the, the antagonist on the panel. I'm just saying it's not like I get what you were saying. You're saying that He's completing 20-plus yard passes, but he's not traveling 20-plus yards. That's what you're saying. And I am pushing back on that because he had the second most second most yards on 20-plus yards throws either. Also, excuse me. So I don't I don't get where you say he has limitations. He, he's throwing that 20, that 15-yard comeback in the Super Bowl to Antonio Diggs with zip. It wasn't the most accurate pass, but it was catchable. I'm just trying to see see where y'all are coming from because Tom Brady had one of his best years of his career, actually. You're like, saying – you're saying – it's not the most accurate pass, but it was catchable. That's part of this conversation. You can't be the best quarterback if it's not that accurate. Like, if it's catchable, yeah, everything is catchable to Mike Evans. 
He's, Everything he's, is catchable when you have Antonio Brown as your number third wide receiver. Hang on, EJ's right. He had the best. He had probably his best, one of his best seasons, if not the best season he's ever had. He also had better weapons than he's ever had. Ever had. Ever yeah. had. With the exception ever. of Randy Moss, this this collection of receivers was the best collection of talent he's ever had. It's very easy to throw 15-yard comebacks to, to Mike Evans and, and Antonio Brown and these players. Like, dude, you're acting like he was throwing to Kelvin Bench. Kelvin. Benjamin, like, come on, you're acting like that's who he was throwing to. That's Zay Jones. not what's going on. Zay Jones. All, I, all I'm saying is that he was able to get the throws there. I will agree with you, Spence, and say the same zip is not on the ball, but he is still getting it done, and the numbers also back that up, while also protecting the ball better than he's ever had in, in his career also. So, and then on top of that, Bruce Arians' system causes him to throw. He had 91 deep attempts this year, and Josh was second with 78. And he still still protected the ball better than Josh. So I don't I don't see I don't see your your your, your reasoning here to say that he's lost a step. He's still completing because we know that when you throw deep routes and you throw deep throws, it's more about timing than it actually is your arm strength. You have to be on the same timing way with the route and with your throw. And mm-hmm. Brady has shown that he still has that accuracy down the field. So where is his limitations? Is what I'm saying. The zip thing, okay, I'll, I'll agree with you, but he's still completing the passes. Is my is my point. I'm with you. He is. And like I said, and I'm not, it it, it sucks because the positive turns into a negative. What I'm saying is like, you get the best roster you've ever had in your life. And just a little bit, it makes me be like, well, is that like that 25 yard play that you're talking about? Is that, is that him or is that Mike Evans? Cause I feel like there's certain throws I can make that Mike Evans will catch and make me look good. You know what I mean? And so like there's certain players and he, and, and Brady had three of those guys on his roster. Chris Godwin is not anything to just like ignore. Antonio oh, no, Brown being your number three not. wide receiver is nothing to ignore. So I'm just like, I'm not hating on Brady. Like I said, I, I put him top, of course, but I, I just and like right now in, in the top five in the league, I just don't. But but all of your points are valid. Every single one of them. It's just if your reason is if your reasoning is that because he doesn't have the zip on the ball is to keep him out of the top five. I just don't think that's a strong reason when he's shown that he can get it done just as good as these younger guys down the field. So so why why am I keeping him out of the top five if he's still producing down the field and making those big chunk plays in an offense that he has not played in and with a shortened offseason? Also, like I, I'm not gonna hold that against him, the zip thing, because it's more about timing than it is zip. And like I said, uh, I just said I'm not I'm not gonna say that it's not a valid point. The reason why it's a mat it's 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 a thing for me is because I know how the game is played today. Bruce would tell you, again, I don't even like the philosophy of football the way it's played today. So, you know, like the, the whole for me, I'm the guy you have a you have a good to great quarterback, but you have good defense and you want to control the clock. That's me. We're, we're going out of style. We're extinct. I get it. Like running ball, control the clock is going out of style. That's my type of thing. But with the way the game is played today. Yeah. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. So it's going to sound dumb for me to be like, that's not the kind of quarterback you want. Because he won the Super Bowl. He's won the most. But right now, if you were to tell me that there are people in the, there are GMs in the NFL who would take Tom Brady for one year before they take Patrick Mahomes for one year, I would not believe you, even though it's Tom Brady. I feel like last year, if Tampa had the opportunity, instead of it being Tom Brady and they could have Mahomes for a year, it would have been Mahomes. I think every single team in the league, if choosing between Josh, not Josh Allen, because I think Buffalo is not, I think we're straight. Honestly, I think there are four teams that wouldn't make a move for quarterback, even if it was um, Patrick Mahomes. 
But I think any other team that doesn't have those four guys, like Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, you know, like certain guys, outside of that, every team would take Mahomes before they would even sniff at Tom Brady for one year. And if you're going to tell me I'm wrong with that, man, we could just end the show. <laughs> no, I mean, I won't, I won't argue on that point. My only point that I was contesting you on is the fact that you're keeping, out of, keeping him out of the top five. Based on the way he played, in the totality of that whole his whole season, he should be in the top five, no question. Based on the way he played and based on 2020 alone, he should be in everyone's top five. But you have, a, everyone's, everyone's uh, entitled to their opinion. I'm just saying his numbers, his statistics, eye test, Super Bowl, say he should be in the top five. Well, and that's what I just said. Like, I know it sounds crazy me saying, like, that ain't the type of quarter, but he just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. My man Jason Taylor was saying in 2009, Brady had crap receivers and still played as a top-tier QB. But now because he's better in 2020, he's not as good. I'm not saying he's not as good. Like, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he's bad. To be six, seven, or eight in the league at a position is not bad. Like, if you have top 10, I'm going to I'm I'm put it like this. If you had two top 10 cornerbacks on your team, I guarantee you have the best defense in the league, unless another team has the top one and two cornerbacks in the league. I'm not saying Brady's bad by being six. You can do a lot with a top six quarterback in the league. I'm just saying he's not top five. Here's the thing. This is a quarterback-driven league, and there are so many good quarterbacks in the NFL that – from number five to number 10 could flip flop in any three game stretch. So, I mean, everybody, the top 10, I think Solid. is, well, Solid point. Number one, two, and three are above the rest, in my opinion. And then four through 10 are so close that, I mean, it could go either way in, in any of them. The beginning of the year, Russell Wilson would be number three, number four. The last, what, three, four years, Russell Wilson has faded toward the end Mm -hmm. and fallen apart in the playoffs. So it's hard to put him in the top five for me when it's we're coming up on a 17-game season and he's got an extra game and he's fading in a 16-game season with arguably – the most talented wide receiver in the league, at least wise, the most physically gifted anyway. So hot take for Richard. That's just (laughs) DK Metcalf is, I mean, I did not think he would be able, I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was. I seen him as David Boston. David Boston was just, (laughs) just so jacked up and, and was fast, but couldn't hold up. And, so far, DK has proven me wrong 110%. You know what? That's a good – bringing that up. So during the draft, when, when um, that year when he was drafted, obviously the Buffalo Bills in the second round that year took Cody Ford, and DK Metcalf was available. I was pissed off. What is it that made you think – because at the time, um, obviously I didn't watch a ton of college, but I was looking at receivers because at the time it was like, hey – this year, we want to upgrade from yeah. Kelvin Benjamin. We yeah. want to upgrade from Zay Jones. So, like, I was looking at receivers. And, you know, you watch those old Miss games, man. And I'm going to just tell you, DK Metcalf looked ne- – he didn't have a ton of highlights. He didn't have a ton of plays that made him look like it. But when when he did, he just looked next level. 
Um, so what is it that made you look at him at that point and say, nah, I, I'm, I'm cool not, not going for him? I just seen him as a workout warrior. I didn't see him as... I mean, I knew he could catch the ball, but I didn't know he could catch the ball as well. I seen a lot of his highlights, but there was also they had a really strong number one and number two was was really strong at Old Miss at the time. So uh, I honestly which was a really bad take, I thought Zay Jones was going to be as good as DK around later. And we found out that that was a hundred percent wrong as well. So they had every, he had, he had all the intangibles to be good. You know, I remember watching him in college and he, it was like in college, anything that went this kid's way, he was catching it. He didn't drop a thing in college. I don't know what happened to him when he, you know, got to the professional level. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if there was off-field things that kind of mentally was was working with them. I don't know. But Zay Jones pressure. was a completely different player when he got into the league. Completely different player. He cracked yeah. under pressure. When he yeah. dropped that yeah. touchdown pass, he fell apart, and he was nothing more than a 50% pass-catching receiver. And if you can only catch 50% of the balls – I mean, that's not good. That's not yeah. good at all. And, and to Richard's point, too, about DK Metcalf, um, coming out of Ole Miss, he was – one of the knocks on him was the fact that he couldn't get in and out of routes. And you saw that some the first year in the league where, you know, he was doing a comeback route or doing a hitch route, and it would take him like six steps to come back downhill. You know, and I remember uh, Jared Daniel Jeremiah was saying, that kid may, may need to put the weights down and get into yoga. Matt, because he can't get in and out of routes, and he had very tight hips. But, and to your point too, Richard, DK Metcalf, since he's been in the league, has the most deep drops in the league too. So there's also that also. So DK Metcalf had to have some time to to, to, to grow and to develop. Like, just going downfield, yeah, he's cool. He runs a 4-3, so he should be doing that. But, you know, DK Metcalf, people don't know, he's come a long way in like two years. He like he, He's he come has. a very long way. He does not take six steps to get out of his routes now. He's way better at that. And that's a big thing with wide receivers, just not to go on a tangent because wide receiver is my passion. Well, no, because I was like, actually yeah, – well, I was just about to ask Joe because, I, you know, like so same thing. We're talking about DK and you're, you're saying that. I, I don't – he has developed and he has come a long way. Um, but I guess my question for that is it's like when you when you look at him, why is it that – we write these guys off the way we do. Like, so I'm, this question is for Joe. It's, so it's like, hey, he didn't he didn't grade out well. He didn't do this well. I did the same thing this year with Greg Rousseau. I'm like, no, he he took the year off and he he didn't do well at the combine. Why do we write these guys off and instead of um you know like really giving these guys this chance? We'll do it for a quarterback. Josh is like, no, three years we. Got. Yeah. But but for other talent, we won't do it. I don't I don't have the answer. DK Metcalf for me, I, you know, I bought the hype. So I bought all the negative draft hype. That's why I effectively did not want DK at the time. I just bought into just the negatives that everybody was talking about to EJ's point. Uh, so I don't have an answer to why we write these guys off other than the fact that there's certain positions that are supposed to be immediate impacts. Wide receiver is one of them. It shouldn't, mm-hmm. it shouldn't take a wide receiver four to five years to develop. It should be Gabriel Davis. You, oh, I can see it. Rookie year. If not, you know, just Justin Jefferson. Oh, I can see it. Rookie year. 
Uh, so I think it's just a, it's a positional thing. But interestingly enough, I wanted to ask EJ this question. Uh, so DK has developed. It has been fun to watch. It's been tremendous. And he looks, when I test, he looks like Terrell Owens. Like he has that same body composition. No I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. T.O., but he looks like T.O. on the football field. Is he a top five wide receiver in your opinion? Ah, Joe, that's tough, man. Top five. See, this is a big thing for me. It's a trick question. Answer it, appropriately. It, it, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, man. He's not in my top five. This is why he's not in my top five. Good answer. Because for, because number one, it took him a minute to get to where he is. I understand he's been in the league for, was it, two years now, I think? He's been in the league for two years. He needed some development. His routes still aren't crisp. Every guy that I have in my top five, their routes are crisp. Yep. They catch the ball. You don't have to worry about it. With DK, he is stupid athletic, stupid talented. He has all yep. the traits, right? But the guys that are in the top five, they aren't as 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 athletic as DK. But when you can get in and out of your routes efficiently, that yep. makes you fast. And all yep. those guys, Diggs, uh, Keenan Allen, Devontae all Adams, all, all these guys can get in and out of their routes so quick. So they're about as fast as DK running routes as DK is going straight line. And that's where Michael you see Thomas. DK excel at. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas yeah. too. I mean, these guys, DK can can burn anybody straight line, but he still has to show me that he can run a route as good as Diggs or run a route as good as Devontae. And he has not shown me that yet, but he is very talented, but he isn't as good as those top five guys. And Tyreek Hill, too. I don't want to throw him out I there. appreciate your consistency, my friend. Oh, yeah, man. My <laughs> receiver is my thing, man. I'm interested to see Michael Thomas this year, though, because it's tough. Like, there's a lot of times that, obviously, he kind of gets grouped into that top five conversation. um, And there has been limitations for him at quarterback. So Mm -hmm. we haven't really been able to see everything that he can do. Like, is he just a short, you know, like, is he just, like, the guy with perfect hands and then he makes things out of nothing? Is he a guy that can stretch the field? Like, what, what can we really see from him? So I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Um, with Jameis, I think Jameis is going to have a, a a breakout year, and I know um, you just recently traded for him after not wanting to Re- trade for him. reluctantly, absolutely reluctantly yeah. traded for him because because we got you really don't think he's going to improve. No, this is this is my thing. I am scared for Taysom Hill. They are going to have to they are going to have to incorporate him in that offense wherever, some way somehow. And I don't know whether it's giving him snaps at quarterback in a wildcat, giving him snaps at quarterback to throw. I don't know what it is because they have to have a totally different offense right now. Michael Thomas was a guy that was pumped 143 targets in a season. That is crazy to even sit and think about. And that was just the regular season. He was pumped that many targets. So are you going to have the offense go that way where you're going to have Michael Thomas featured as your number one and it's just everybody else? Or are you going to have this type of offense where Sean Payton is capable of making a thing where it's, you know, Taysom Hill here, Jameis here, some spots here and there. I don't know. That's why I don't want Jameis because I, that uncertainty bothers me. All, all honestly, I could see it going both ways. Like, you know, I could see, obviously there'll be, I think maybe four or five plays where they do that. Where, like they try to trick them and put Taysom in there with, you know, like there are going to be plays yeah. that they try to do some trick things. But even if they give him those four or five snaps at that, I think, I think they're going to air this thing out. Like that's the type of quarterback Jameis is. He's starting this year, man. Like it, it I, I feel you. I, I completely understand. I was upset that I couldn't get that trade. I wanted Jameis on my roster. The contract was right. The time yeah. was right. You know what I mean? Like a, a year, a, a quarterback to sit in that place for a year. Dude, I, I promise you, I'm jealous of that move. That's the only move that you made this year that I was like, man, I wish I could have did. Not, not for nothing. Stephon Diggs had 166 targets last year. Would that include in playoffs, right? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. 
You sure? As including 16, six, 16 game season. So 16 games. 166 and 16 games. Did you say who your um top who your top wide receiver was? My number me. one wide receiver is the, me or Joe. Uh, we can start with EJ and uh, hit Joe. I think number one unbiased top receiver has got to be Defonte Adams. He has the most red zone touchdowns in the league in the last, what, three years, if I'm not mistaken. No one runs routes like him. He's not fast, but somehow he just always gets open. If Jordan Love is the quarterback of the Packers, Devontae Adams is still going to be a top receiver in the league. That's how mm-hmm. good he is. I feel like um, I agree. Well, I don't put him one. I put um, DeAndre Hopkins one. But um, – Kind of for the same reason. I feel like obviously we saw the years with him with Watson, but there were years that he didn't have Watson and he was still doing what he was doing. Uh, right. Joe, what do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I have an answer. I think the the wide receiver position is varied and different, and guys are different and play, have different styles and play differently, and they run different routes and have different route trees. It's it's hard for me to justify Hopkins over De- Devonte Adams over Michael Thomas over Julio Jones. Right? I mean, the, the four guys, and then you can just toss in Stephon Diggs who showed the league last year that, like, no, he deserves to be in that conversation coming out of Minnesota where he was considered to be a diva and a crybaby and didn't, quote-unquote, produce his last season. I don't know that it's it's hard because they all bring something different to the table. They all, like, I, they hate, all, I hate that label, too. Yeah, they, well, they the, all the, bring the something. The label? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. None of, them, none, of them are, none of them are Jerry Rice. No, none of them are Jerry Rice. Um, no one's but, Jerry Rice. That's why he's the GOAT. Yeah. That's right. That's right. No none of them are Tim Rice, Brown. But no, there's a few of them that, like, you know, there's a, a few of these guys that I feel like if they had the, the the career as far as the consistency with a great quarterback the way Jerry did, I don't know, man. If you give – because, for instance, like we were talking about Julio at the top of this. If you give Julio Aaron Rodgers for his entire career, oh, man. Like, look at the numbers that he's doing – and I'm not saying because Matt Ryan is good. He's he's a very good quarterback. Like statistically, yeah, yeah. he'll go down as a top guy all the time. But we all know he doesn't have the same type of arm talent as some of these top quarterbacks that we talk about. He never has. Mentally, he's there. He's he's uh, super smart with the ball. He has some touch, but he's not he's not the guy that's like out there just slinging it like that. You put Julio with Aaron Rodgers for 15 years and tell me Julio doesn't have a better career than. Or you tell me a few years back that, and I know he's not in the league now, but tell me Mega, put Megatron with a quarterback like that. You know, it, well, you and I have had this conversation. Yeah, There, yeah, there was have. an aspect, I don't remember when it was or what we were talking about, but I was leaning towards the side of Aaron Rodgers had, has made wide receivers who they are, Randall Cobb. Uh, there's a lot of guys that, mm-hmm. that he has made. And if, if I'm tipping away from Devontae Adams, that's the only reason. Because Aaron Rodgers, it's not it's not just one guy. It's not just two guys. It's not oh, just cool. three guys. It's like mm-hmm. six or seven guys that Aaron, including tight ends, that Aaron Rodgers has made great players. So if I'm tipping away from Devontae Adams, that's the only potential reason towards Julio or DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that. But De- yeah. Devontae Adams is great. Well, I agree because I don't think Robert. What is it, Robert Tunyon? Robert Tung- 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 I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be great. This whoa, year, whoa, like wait, if, if Aaron's no, I'm saying if Aaron's not there and Jordan Love is there, I don't think he's going to put those same numbers. Like right now, he's being projected as probably like four tight end four. I don't think if Aaron Rodgers isn't that quarterback, I don't have him as t- tight end four. I don't know, Spence. Listen, I, I follow George Kittle on Instagram. I'm getting to Robert Tanya. George mm-hmm. Kittle has a trainer that trains tight ends and wide receivers coming out of college. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson and Robert Tanya all work out together in the offseason. 
And Dawson Knox. So I, I was going to say Dawson Knox does as well. They work out with J-Hole Elite. Do they work? Yep. I haven't seen him yep. on any of his videos, but yep. they yep. all have the same trainer. So I, I don't know if I could get with you on that. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I, let I, me, I, well, let me do this. So Josh Allen every summer trains with the quarterback's coach. Sam Darnold also is there. Um, <laughs> there's going. a bunch of guys who are also there who did not take the I jump. I think Drew Locke. Drew Locke is one of them. I think Drew Locke is we one can, of them. Drew Locke we can, is also there, and the Drew other Locke's Allen. job is in jeopardy. And the we other, Allen. Down that, and the other we Allen. Go down that Sam Darnold. That Sam Darnold rabbit hole. If y'all are willing to go down that Sam Darnold rabbit hole, y'all are diehard Bills fans. All three y'all. Y'all no, know what the Jets. I'm a Sam, but you already know where I'm at when it comes, yeah. uh, or maybe you don't. I publicly I speak. I actually have a bet this year against my man uh, Rob Stats from SB Nation because um, he thinks that Sam Darnold is just complete trash. And I think Sam Darnold was in a bad situation with a horrible coach, I agree a thousand with a horrible yes. owner, with a horrible front office, with a horrible everything. I think horrible him going GM. to Carolina is the be- Yeah, just horrible, yeah. everything. I think him going to Carolina is the best thing for his career, and I think he's going to go down there and he's going to light it up. He's not going to be MVP, but compared to what he's been in New York or New Jersey, he's going to light it up. It's going to be phenomenal to watch the transformation of Sam Darnold. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. He can be a top 15 quarterback in a in a good situation. I, I think he has the talent to be that. And so. and I'll, I'll take it one more step before I, um you know we, before we get out of here. I I like Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I really like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's obviously a franchise guy. I really like Teddy. Sam Darnold's better than Teddy. There's a reason why the Panthers were okay with saying, all right, we'll trade Teddy out and bring Sam in. There's a reason. Those fans don't want to admit it because we hate our rivals. I get it. I'm going to just tell you, I was nervous at first when they drafted Darnold because I knew the talent that he has. It's just that Adam Gates is horrible. So we're going to get out of here, though, man. We're passing this hour up. So, uh, Rich... I know you don't have like a show to announce and all that stuff, but why don't you uh, let everybody no. know where they can find you on Twitter and uh, anything you got going on? And I, other than fishing, I don't have a whole lot going on. My summer's pretty well free. <laughs> well, I am coming to Buffalo. Let's go. Whether if they're yeah. having training camp or not, me and my son Andrew's coming up, so I'll be going up there. They're talking about, obviously, you know that they've canceled the St. John Fisher thing, but they're talking about, Bean yeah. is also on the radio today, talking about trying to have one or two, uh, like, fan-attended practices in the stadium, which they've done in the yes. past. So, yeah, yeah just, just be just be looking for that. Bean also talked about putting high-rises up yeah. and over the to fence. be able to look over and still be socially distanced. So, yeah. For me, that speaks more to next year. And like, are the bills going back to St. John Fisher? But that's a conversation for another day. If you want to find Richard Rush, look for him in the comments section of just about any alternative content Bill show on YouTube. The man is an anchor. Like, <laughs> that's a fact. He's yeah. a, he's he's there. Staple. He's so supportive. And man, I thank you so much for being a part of this tonight and always being supportive on every show that I do, every show that Joe does, and I'm sure everybody else in the comments who creates yep. content will have the same thing to say. So, <laughs> yep. man, thank you so much for being thank a part you. of this. Hey, uh, EJ, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? My man from Cold Front Report. Cold Front. Right? Yes, like Cold Front in the building. Yes, sir. Cold Front Report, like they said, um, me and Jeremy have a show uh, every Saturday right now, the hot topic where we just tackle like one hot topic that's you know floating around Bill's Mafia Twitter. We're going to attack that every Saturday morning. And then you can find me personally uh, at edaniel77, like it says right there. I'm here for all your hot takes. I was in a hot take for the last two days with the Tannehill thing. Any of your hot takes you have, just come bring them my way. EJ is not shy. No, no, he's definitely not shy. Uh, so, everybody, go follow my man EJ. Go follow all my people over there at, at – uh, 
cold front report too. It's a, they got a good thing going on over there. They have a lot of good talent. Um, this week, Joe and I are not doing the hump day hotline. So I initially I was supposed to have Joe on and it was just going to be the two of us. And we were going to talk about the stuff that we were going to talk about Wednesday, but, um, I'm going to the playoff game where, um, the Phoenix Suns are playing against, uh, Utah or whoever, I think they're playing Utah. I don't even mm-hmm. care. I'm going. And then, uh, <laughs> Joe has some other stuff going on. Here. work. So gonna work he has to work so he's making that money you know what i mean he's getting that bag so we're not gonna do hump day so today was kind of like a hump day mashup that didn't end up a hump day mashup because we just kind of talked with each other but joe i love you man why don't you let everybody know where they can find you what you got going on what you got coming up this week or next week same old same old uh you'll find me live on youtube nine o'clock next week on sunday i don't have a guest yet maybe it'll be ej maybe not we'll see what happens please oh. please let it be ej ej is dying to go on the show with joe miller please oh uh, that's funny um but uh you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired and uh yeah so i think everybody in the comment section probably knows who i am so i'm, I'm the annoying guy that laughs and says like a lot so I think we all have a thing. We all have a thing. And shout out to your sister, Jamie. I always enjoy seeing her in the comments. Um, I just absolutely love when your family takes part of. They love they love me. I don't know why, but they love me. Well, you're, you're lovable. You're easy to love. You're, you're easy to love. So, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it. It's your boy, Jay Spence the King. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. The Code of Conduct is live right now. So find me every Monday live at the same time. Next week, I will have our old beat reporter from ESPN, our previous guy, Mike Rodak, is joining me. He is now covering Alabama's football team, but he's going to be coming back to Buffalo. Well, not literally, but he'll be coming back to hang out with all the Buffalo people. Um, I also have a, a show later on in the in the month that I'll announce it now. I'm going to do – I have I have a, a fan favorite. We got my home girl. I'm going to have ladies' night. And we got Madison Carter joining us. We got Renee Washington from ESPN joining us. We got Judge Pridgen from Buffalo, New York joining us. And we have Adri V from WBLK. We're going to do a ladies night. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk everything, just everything. But we're going to let the ladies run the show that night. So it's going to be a really, really fun show with a judge, a a reporter, an ESPN reporter, and a a music DJ. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Everybody, thank y'all so much for kicking it with me. Y'all know how I do it here. Take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.